You're listening to episode five of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I have something really, really special for you, including someone super special. Um, Her name is Amanda, and she's actually a former client of mine. Now we met totally randomly uh, last year. She came across my work that that we uh, will explain more on the podcast. You'll hear about that. It's a pretty funny story how she came across me. And she reached out to me, uh, I responded, and we just started going back and forth. She actually ended up um, signing up for one of my group programs last year that I was offering. And then we also worked together one-on-one last year as well. And we just has such a great connection that we've just remained friends, which is one of the things that I love most about the online space is the, the women that I have been able to connect with in ways that I never imagined e- even being able to do. And, and that's kind of the gift of, of the online space as well. And I'm, I'm so grateful for all of these incredible women that I've gotten to connect with. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. Um, on top of that, I actually asked her beforehand to come to the podcast with uh, whatever she was currently struggling with, whether nutrition, mindset, something like that, and that we would uh, walk through it together on the podcast episode. So I didn't know beforehand what she was going to bring up. Uh, so when we get into that later on in the episode, that's totally off the cuff. We we did not go over that beforehand. And uh, I, I just want to give you an example as to what it can look like working with a nutrition coach and and in this case what it looks like uh, working with me. So I'm so excited. I think you're really going to love Amanda as much as I do. She's an absolute sweetheart and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Room to Grow podcast. I have a super special person with me today and this this entire podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> so I have Amanda with me today and she was one of my uh, very early on coaching clients for nutrition and and we'll get into uh, the capacity that she worked with me and we're going to go through a little bit of sort of what she learned through working for me, um, how she has used all that information since, how it has uh, impacted her lifestyle and we're also going to kind of do a bit of live coaching too. So I'm so excited about this. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) So tell us a a little bit about yourself. We would love to know more and you know, what's, what's kind of your, your story and how did you initially come across my, my work? Yeah. Okay. So I have had kind of an interesting history with nutrition and food. Um, I grew up in a family that we never sat down to family meals. We always ate out and, um, fast food. And then I went to college and was like, Oh crap, I have to start cooking for myself. And so ever, basically ever since college, which was like eight, seven or eight years ago, um, I have kind of struggled a little bit with figuring out how to eat, like how do I, what is, what is a nutrition, balanced uh, nutritional meal? And 
I don't know, how do I do this? So I've kind of been a little bit obsessed with that for the past couple of years. And um, I've tried all kinds of diets. Um, I was like a vegetarian and I have done the vegan thing. I've done all these different diets. And um, I got to a place where I was really feeling good about myself. I was feeling really healthy and really um, on track. But I was having a lot of like digestive issues still. Um, and I was Googling said digestive issues and found, I ran across um, Emily's podcast, or um, not a podcast, I ran across Emily's blog and there was a blog post called, What Is Your Poop Telling You? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, this is what I need to know because <laughs> my poop was not telling me good things. So I was like, okay, I, what do I, you know, how do I kind of solve this issue? And I read this, this um, blog post and was like really amazed at some of the things she was saying. And, and I had a bunch of questions. So I went ahead and um, emailed her on the, on the blog website and she like got back to me right away. You got back to me, Emily. And um, it was so awesome because I didn't expect such a quick response, but you gave me such a detailed and quick response. Um, and you were so concerned about these problems that I was having and you gave me so many tips. And, um, and so after that, I just really wanted to kind of dig in a little bit deeper and, and work one-on-one -on -one, um, with you because I mean, just in that one email, I learned so much. My mind was blown and I, I was able to make some changes that um, affected my, my digestion in a positive way. And so, yeah, that's how I found you. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I still remember that email. It's so funny because I, I was like, damn, this girl just gets me. She wants to talk poop. I am going to talk about poop all day. Me too. I don't get it. Why people are not. I really don't. Cause it's very and interesting. It is. And it's so funny. Cause I feel like there's this huge stigma around it. Like, Oh, you know, nobody really wants to talk about poop. I promise you, everyone wants to talk about poop. They just don't yes. know how to bring it up. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So I was glad that I found a kindred spirit who could, who could satisfy that. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because um, when you reached out to me, I was just about to launch a, a brand new uh, group coaching program called Balanced yeah. Body Nutrition. So it's not currently available, but I, I may be rolling it out again in the fall or, or something similar. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely keep everyone posted on that because typically right now I don't offer any, uh, any group coaching at the moment, but I was so excited too, because you were also my first international client. So I was so pumped. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. You no. were totally, you were my first international client. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, the joy of the internet. This is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so cool. I feel so honored right now. That's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and I just, I, I always, um, it's funny cause you and I have remained actual friends ever since. Like yeah. sometimes we'll just call and, and chat with each other mm -hmm. just about random things. And I just, I love that about the online space because you can just build such incredible connections in places where you least expected it. Like we bonded over poop. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is, I mean, like you said, nobody is really talking about it. So when I'm Googling and I'm finding, you know, WebMD, like Mayo Clinic articles, but I want to find like a real person who can talk to this, talk to me about these kinds of things. And so it was really cool that I just happened to find you in Canada through <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you reached out and you, you did end up signing up for uh, balanced body nutrition. And what did you, what did you get out of that program? Like what were the results for you that, that you experienced? What were sort of the, the biggest wins? Oh my gosh. Okay. There were so many, but I feel like overall the, um, I, I really feel like it's all summed up. This is going to sound so cheesy, but in the, in the like title of it, the balanced body nutrition, because I, I think I had like, I don't know. I had this idea that 
my health and wellness was completely and 100% about food. And it's not like just about the food. And so I feel like after, after um, going through the program and working with you one-on-one, I, I had a more balanced um, and holistic kind of view of wellness and, and realizing that yeah, it's, it's more than just the food. It's like your sleep, your stress levels, your exercise. I was way overtraining. I mean, there were all kinds of different factors. And it was funny because, um, when I, when I first started working with you, I was like, I was really confused as to why I was having so many digestive issues because I was like, I am so freaking healthy. Like nobody is as healthy as me. And like, even when I did the little intake form of like, how much are you exercising? I'm like, oh, six days a week. And um, I'm eating perfect all the time. And I think I had this like warped view of, of what a healthy lifestyle should be. And I was almost like, I don't know, I was really overdoing it in a lot of areas. And so I think um, after working with you, I, I really got a, a grander picture of what, of what wellness really is. And that it's like, it's just so much more than the food that you're putting on your plate, your plate every day. Absolutely. And I remember going through your intake with you and, and sort of gently bringing up to you because I, and, and I get this because I, I'm someone who is, I, I'm very interested in exercise myself. And I, I have been for, for many years now. And um, when I ran into issues with my menstrual cycle, losing it a, a couple years ago, I had to, and all kinds of hormonal issues, I had to really pull back on the exercise and I cried. And yeah. So I'm always very sensitive about that because when I, when I see women who are working out really, really hard in the gym, um, and obviously I see, I see people from both ends of the spectrum, but when I think you were doing kind of like hour and a half long weight training sessions every day, (laughs) like every day, basically. And, and I was very sensitive about bringing up that to you because I could tell that you were super passionate about it as well. And I know how hard it is to, to have to hold back on that. But I knew that ultimately something like that, even just that, that one single change, even though we made, we made other changes, obviously. Um, I knew that that one single change would really have huge, huge positive impacts for you. And, and you started to notice the positive impacts right away. And I give you so much credit because you're actually very open to it. Once I kind of talked you through some of the benefits of, of not cutting out exercise by any means, just pulling it back a little bit to kind of like 30, maybe 40 minute absolute max, um, and kind of reducing maybe the, the number of days per week, uh, occasionally just to see how that worked for you. You were really, really open and accepting of that. And I always appreciate that because it's, it's tough to make these changes. I, I never take that lightly because it, it's very difficult to make these changes. We, we sometimes really love our routines. We love our habits. And to be open to new things and new information is really tough. But that is where the positive benefits come from, right? Yeah. And we're, I feel like we're also really attached to like the right way of doing things or what we think is the quote right way of doing things. And I feel like there's such a culture, um, out there of just like, you know, that's just what you have to do. If you're going to look great and you're going to feel great, you have to work out super hard. And I mean, I was getting it at my gym. I loved my gym that I was a part of at the time, but even, you know, if (laughs) once I started leaving a little bit earlier, I would get crap from my like gym friends, like, Oh, you're leaving already. You know, there's just like a pressure. I feel like to kind of like push, push, push. And that's how you get these results, results, results. And it kind of like, I don't know. It made me not very good at like listening to my body. I think I I was very confused um, 
as to what my body actually needed because I just kind of forced my body to do what I thought I needed to do, which was a vegetarian diet um, because I want to live to be a hundred. And that's what the research supposedly says. <laughs> you have to eat a vegetarian diet. So I was a vegetarian because that was what I thought was the right thing for me. And then I was exercising all the time because I thought that was what the, what was the right thing for me. And the whole time I'm ignoring my own personal individual unique body signals. Um, and I mean, I don't think I was even aware that I had signals in my body. And if I ever felt like fatigued during a workout, I would just be like, Oh, I'm being lazy. I'm going to just going to push through. And so working, working with you a little bit and having an objective party kind of analyze, um, what I was doing and, and how I was living my life, basically, um, it helped a lot to realize like, Oh, maybe when I'm feeling a little bit fatigued, I'm actually, I actually should stop. Maybe that's not just me being lazy. Maybe I should just take a break and, and cut it off after that. So I think that, um, that was another thing I really got out of it was just that, um, understanding of how to really listen to my body and understand that, like I had cues, I did have cues. I just wasn't, I was kind of drowning them out. And so, um, yeah, I think now I'm a lot better at listening to my body and, and feeling those kind of like, cues on when to stop, when to go, what to eat, what not to eat, all that stuff. And kind of making those decisions for myself rather than just absorbing what I think is like the right thing to do. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, you and I, I remember that you and I spent a lot of uh, time on that working together kind of one-on-one about that to after the group coaching program was over too, when we were yeah. working together, uh, just the two of us, because I think you flat out said to me at one point, I don't think, I don't think my body's telling me anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, it is like, we just don't know, you know, you, you've just sort of lost touch a little bit with what to look for. So we really kind of dove into that. What I, I feel like when, when we started working together, you were in a huge place of um, information overload, which I think is really common these days. There, there's so many studies, you know, something like eggs are one I, I always bring up because it's, Eggs are almost controversial still, even though it has been hands down proven that eggs are perfectly fine. Eggs are really great for us. There's still like a headline in the news every other day where eggs are bad. No, no, eggs are good. No, 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 eggs are still bad. (laughs) And that's a big problem. But one of the things that I really loved about working with you was that you were always asking questions. And I feel like that's something that's really underutilized with a lot of people because we're afraid of other people judging us or looking silly that we should already know an answer, maybe, you know, creating controversy, like stirring the pot, or even just not really knowing which questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And you were very good about asking a huge number of questions. And that's something that I really want to underscore because I don't ever want anyone to be afraid of asking questions. Like that's why I'm here. And it's the best part of my job is helping you as a client or, or any of my clients to gain understanding so that you're better informed to make those really all decisions from a place of understanding what's going on in your body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of actually, and, and it's interesting, one of my, uh, that I wanted to touch on really quickly is as much as I love being asked questions, when I was first starting out, one of my big fears was always, and, and still is sometimes, what if I don't know the answer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this for this client. And what I really come to realize is that here, here's the thing. Like if, if I don't know the answer, I will either research it and get back to you, or I'll point you in the direction of where to look for a solid reference on a particular topic or, or something like that. Like my job is to be an educator, but if, if somebody comes to me with something that I feel like is so far out of my scope that I'm not comfortable kind of taking the reins on that, I will also refer someone out to somebody else too. Right. If someone had come, like if you had come to me with, 
uh, some really, really specific health issues <clears throat> I had no knowledge of, I wouldn't even want you to waste your time with me. And, and I would help you find somebody else to, to go to, because mm -hmm. that's just not something that, uh, that I'm comfortable with. And, and as much as I always want people asking questions, if there is no way for me to find the right answers, then I want to make sure that I send you in a direction where you can get those answers. Right. And I, I really actually respected that a lot about you because it just goes to show like even just us having this conversation and, and it's like, there are no, I mean, there are like, there are, there's conventional wisdom and there are things that you can know um, are good for you. And, and there are things that are kind of commonly known as good and bad choices. But like, I feel like a lot of times if you didn't know the answer or, you know, maybe you did, but you would kind of come back with a question and put it back on me and be like, okay, well, but what do you think is right for you? And I mean, I don't know. I really respect that because there really isn't like a one size fits all answer for everyone. That's something that I learned from working with you is just like, everybody is so different. And like for me, okay, the whole reason why I went on a vegetarian diet was because we did this like fast, um, at the beginning of the year, my husband and I, and he, um, at the end of it was like, man, I feel so great. And I was like, Oh, me too, I guess, because I didn't have any, you know, I was so out of touch with my own cues in my body. I was running myself ragged so that I couldn't even feel them. And so he, he felt really good on a vegetarian diet and that was great for him. So I was like, okay, well, I guess that's, you know, did some research. It was like, that's the right thing. But it turns out, I mean, after reincorporating meat into my diet, the digestive issues have gone away. I mean, like all of these, I feel better for me personally, that's, that's a good way for me to eat. And, and he, even to this day, like doesn't eat, you know, sometimes he won't eat as much meat as I do because that works for him. And so I feel like it's just such an individual thing that they're really, I don't know, like there really aren't any right answers when it comes to this kind of stuff. Exactly. And, and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like so many people are infuriated sometimes talking to me because they'll, they'll ask me a question and, and they just want a straight answer. And I get it because we all want those straight answers. We want somebody to just hand us a plan and, and right. this is exactly what you need to do. You just need to do it and stick with it and you're good for life and, and you're done. And mm -hmm. it's just not how it, how it works. And I think that, um, that you really picked up on that because it's, it's so individual to each person and what works for one is just not necessarily going to work for another and vice versa. Like there can be completely different ends of the spectrum. And that was something that I always found really interesting about you was that, um, you were open to adding some meat into your diet because, and that's not the right choice for everyone. I can't say right. enough either for right. moral reasons or, or otherwise, of course, that just might not be the correct choice. But in your case, especially because you're working out so much, we were taking a really good uh, look at the amount of protein that you were getting and it just was nowhere near enough. Mm -hmm. And there are other ways to supplement in uh, protein, even if you are a vegetarian or, you know, completely plant-based, it's just totally fine. But I, I just flat out asked you, I said, you know, are, are you open to having some meat, especially if it's well sourced too? Like we really got into yeah. uh, like sourcing meat in a really responsible way because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, mm -hmm. both environmentally and um, just at being a responsible consumer. And yeah. you were totally open to that, which I really respected a lot because it, I, and it's funny, you, you also then started to notice what the meat was doing to affect you in a positive way. And you would also notice if you maybe had a little too much and it wasn't agreeing with you very well. So you really started to pick up on what your happy medium was and what was going to work the best for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really thankful that you were like that. And I think it, at the beginning, I sort of was looking for a plan, but I'm so glad that you didn't give me one because I feel like you empowered me to start making my own decisions. Because the fact of the matter is, I mean, like, that's why a lot of different diet plans or even like sometimes when you're working one-on-one -on -one with like a personal trainer or whatever, a lot of times that change won't last beyond when that relation that working relationship ends and i feel like my the changes have been lasting even after working with you um obviously we're still in relationship with with each other um, as friends but like we're not working with each other as a client kind of coach relationship anymore but i feel like you gave me the actual tools that i needed to make those decisions myself and not have to depend necessarily on someone else for the rest of my life to tell me exactly how to eat you know i you gave me kind of guidelines to sort of figure that out myself and i feel i feel much more confident now about my relationship with food and my food decisions because i feel like i kind of know myself a little bit better and i mean we're always getting to know each other ourselves better but um but yeah i feel like after working with you and having that experience i am definitely more in tune with my own body so oh thank you, that Emily. makes me so happy oh my gosh <laughs> i have the biggest smile on my face because that's really my my goal always with every single client and and that's why i don't offer things like meal plans because i yeah. really feel that it it does a disservice because you know i'm not standing with you at your refrigerator at two in the morning when you're yeah. digging around for a snack like it's I, and, and if you are standing at your refrigerator at 2 a.m. looking for a snack, we need to figure out why, why you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, like, what's Let's the root cause of that? Right. <laughs> and, and there's, you know, there's not necessarily anything wrong with it, but if it's happening every night, then there is, you know, some other things going on that, that we need to, to take a little bit to closer look at and, and right. examine. Um, so how has... I mean, you, you also recently completely of your own accord, since you and I haven't worked together in, in months now, um, like on a professional level, you recently of your own accord decided to do the whole 30 diet. Is that right? Yes, I did. I just finished, um, my reincorporate full reincorporation phase. So now I'm like living the, the non whole 30 life, which we had been talking about earlier. Um, and just kind of getting back into the swing of things. And now, now knowing what I know based on what I learned from the whole 30, how do I make food decisions now? So it was a very interesting experience. I highly recommend it for anybody who's considering it. So why, what was it that made you decide to do the whole 30? Because just for, for anyone listening, that's not something that I typically like advise or, or recommend. Um, it just depends on, on the person. If, if, you know, you're struggling with a ton of uh, food sensitivity and, and digestive type issues where we can't figure out the cause, then one of the ways to really dig into that is by really narrowing down what food might be causing that for you. So what were some of the, the reasons why you decided to undertake it? Well, I had gotten, after getting my digestion kind of under control, um, initially, I, we, we moved, um, from Florida to North Carolina. So we had a big move. I had a career change. We had so many different changes. I mean, our whole community and group of friends changed, um, our house and I mean everything. So I think that sort of threw me off a little bit, um, with regard to my nutrition, my digestion, I started having some of, um, some different, not, not the same original, um, digestive issues that I had when I initially came to you, but, um, but some different ones, um, I was just having like some stomach cramping at rear at weird times. And I was like, this is not normal. Why, why is this happening to me? So, um, I just, and I was also still having like a lot of sugar cravings. So I kind of was like motivated by that to, to get that out of, out of my life. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I did it. And it was, it's interesting because it, I really like 
that was another thing where I got to the reincorporation phase and I'm like, for anyone who doesn't know the whole 30, like you cut out dairy, um, alcohol, sugar, grains, and like non-gluten grains and then grains and then legumes. And so you cut all of those things out and then you reincorporate them. Um, over the course of, it could be like 10, I, I took my time, I did like a 15 day reincorporation and then see what triggers your body. And honestly, like the only thing I had a, an actual reaction to was corn. I had um, some popcorn and I had like a really bad stomach ache afterwards, but um, that wasn't the cause of my stomach cramping. I wasn't eating corn every single day. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like, I, I think I went into the reincorporation phase being like, okay, now I am going to know all of the secrets of my body. It's going to tell me exactly what I can and can't eat. And I didn't really get that. I mean, I had, I had that one reaction, but then, you know, I was like, oh, gluten's going to be the big thing. Cause again, like that's the right thing to do is like cut gluten out of your diet, whatever. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying a lot of people think that. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's probably going to be the gluten. And then when I reincorporated gluten. I was like, fine. I was a little bit tired, but, um, there wasn't any like huge reaction that I had to anything. And so then I'm left kind of back at square one in a sense, because I'm like, oh, okay. I just have to like, know, know what makes me feel good. What makes me, and be, and even get a little bit deeper on the, like kind of listening to my body, following my intuition, like, okay, gluten is making me a little bit tired. Um, oats made me feel, you know, maybe a little bit, I felt a little bit sad that day. Maybe that's connected kind of like really investigating and getting clinical about those kind of connections. And, and it was something I was talking to you about after we, um, after I stopped and I, we were talking about just how it went, um, was like, I think I was just eating a lot of those little triggers and maybe like it kind of compounded on it on itself. And I was just getting those stomach aches because I was eating too much of those things. I don't know. So I think overall, I still haven't figured out all the answers, but I'm definitely getting deeper into just these little types of things that can, um, cause me to have, I don't know, different reactions that are even very subtle. And honestly, I feel like before I worked with you, I probably wouldn't have even known like that gluten was making me feel tired because it was so subtle that, um, so I think that just the fact that I'm noticing these little, little things about how different foods make me feel shows how long, how far I've come on like my nutrition journey, because now I'm actually able to feel and hear these things, um, hear my body saying these things to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and I love that. And, and honestly, it's, it's, that's a really important lesson for all of us to keep in mind is that this is an ever evolving process and it is a journey. Just like you said, like what works for you today for anyone today isn't necessarily going to work for you in a week or in a year that that can always be shifting. Our bodies are not in this like just state of homeostasis. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that's ideally what our bodies are always striving for, but our bodies are never going to just be exactly the same one day as they are to the next. It, things are always shifting and, and changing and evolving. And what our bodies can handle nutritionally and otherwise, like just, you know, general lifestyle choices is going to be different from one day to, to the next. So I think that, that you're totally right in that while gluten may not necessarily be a huge trigger for you, if you eat it a lot, right. That could be a problem. Right. So it can be about like quantity for over like, like how often you're having it and what amount are you having each time? Because there, there are foods uh, like that where I can handle a little bit, like something like gluten uh, for me as well. I can handle a little bit. And I, it's funny, I get similar types of, of things like, like feeling a little bit more tired after that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can make me a little bit moody. Um, but 
it, it's not an overwhelmingly like doubled over stomach cramp situation. Right. Right. Whereas some people who are full blown celiac, that's an actual autoimmune disease. They right. cannot have gluten because that's, that is not going to work for their body. That, that is a full blown allergy issue. And there, there's always going to be different ends of the spectrum. And I think that something to, to take away from that is just that this is a journey. This is something that is always going to be changing over time. Right. And especially as women with our hormones, like you, you were talking about us changing from day to day and from year to year. And, um, that was something that I just totally never even thought about when it came to like wellness overall, kind of like, um, being well and like, oh man, working with you just opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, we have these hormones that are changing and that, that are not the same throughout the, even just one month. And, um, and I mean, you kind of introduced me to training according to my menstrual cycle and that's been amazing. Um, and so, yeah, like we have to really take into account so many different things. And I want to also mention something that I feel like, I don't know, maybe anyone listening, like might feel like it's a little bit stressful to think that much about food, but honestly, for me, like I, after going through all of this, I think about food so much less than I did before because I, before I was like meal prepping and counting all of my calories and macros and all this stuff. Um, and now I, I just want to stress that like, it's, there are just guidelines, like eating well for yourself is figuring out what works for you. And then following these general guidelines, maybe being willing to, you know, bend the rule, the quote rules a little bit. I mean, like go outside the guidelines. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a guideline. It's not a rule. I shouldn't have said a rule. It's a guideline. And I think, I think that it's just really important to find these things for yourself so that you can make these kinds of decisions without, without having to think so much about your food. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> can I just say, I'm so happy right now. You learn so, so much. And, and I feel like you have just like absorbed so many things from, from working together. And I've learned yeah. so much from you as a client too, that I, I just, it's been so fantastic that, that we've gotten to connect because, um, and, and it's so true too, about the hormone factor, like women forget about this, especially this is another big reason why I always coach women to stop using the scale because your clothes will not lie to you. And if right, you start right. gaining weight, your clothes will tell the story. But if you start focusing on on a number on the scale, as opposed to just how you feel. If you wake up in the morning and you feel great inside and out, you're in a great mood, you feel good in your body, you're confident, you're good to go. And then you step on the scale, see a number that you don't like. And then that determines the entire rest of the course of your day. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Whereas mm -hmm. if you had just gotten up in the morning and feeling great and you put on your clothes and, and they fit perfectly fine and, and you're good to go, that, that has, that should have nothing to do with that number on the scale. And yeah. as women, because we are, we have so like a much more complicated hormonal system than, than men, our weight can often shift sometimes as much as five to seven pounds in a day, right? Just going from, from one end to another. And it's, it's just, it's just water weight. You're not gaining seven pounds of fat overnight, right? <laughs> not how it works, right? It's just, it, so then there's no need to unnecessarily stress ourselves over a number that is really fairly meaningless. If you're gaining seven pounds every day, then there might be a bigger problem. But if, if you're just fluctuating, you know, that kind of like five to seven pound range ish around there, there's nothing wrong with that. You are still well within the norms. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that, that you can change to kind of uh, reduce that a little bit potentially, 
but still any average woman is going to shift a little bit. And I just, I never want to see women who are really defining themselves by uh, the number of calories that they're consuming in a day or the number on a scale, all of those, like all of those numbers, we can simplify nutrition down so much. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't, we don't need to make it that difficult on ourselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of like another thing that I feel like I really learned was just to not be so hard on myself. Like you were saying, you know, okay, your weight fluctuated five pounds over the course of a week. Well, you know, take a look at your um, menstrual cycle. Where are you at in that? And, and just kind of like being a little bit more chill about, (laughs) about all of these things that society puts so much pressure on us um, to kind of have perfect. I think, I mean, and that's another thing that I have struggled with a little bit. I was like a little bit overweight as a kid. I struggled with my weight when I was um, like a young child and teenager. And, um, and I think again, just like never having um, that kind of nutrition, balanced nutrition kind of modeled for me. Um, my mom is getting so much better, by the way, I have to put that disclaimer. Oh, good. <laughs> she's getting but, um, but you know, she's a working mom. She was really busy. She like didn't have the time to necessarily like, you know, think about all of these things and, and making like a perfectly nutritious meal at all times. And she did the best she could. But, um, but I think that like, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, I think I struggled for a long time and sometimes even now, um, with just overeating or, you know, under eating, but, but mostly like overeating sweets. And so when that would happen, I would really beat myself up about it and feel like a horrible human being. Like I'm like the literal worst ever. And working with you is <laughs> helped me to realize like, okay, no, you're a human. So you made a mistake and, um, everyone, you know, everyone does it. So you don't feel very good right now. Take it into account and then, you know, don't beat yourself up, move on. And so I think that that was another thing that really helped me a lot was just to not beat myself up when I, made like less than stellar food decisions or even just decisions in my life because, um, yeah, we just have to not be so hard on ourselves and it's really hard as women. We have so much pressure on us, but it's true. We have to just lighten up and be, and and really like accept ourselves and, and be kind to ourselves in, in this kind of journey that we're on. Because like you said, it is a journey and we'll make mistakes along the way. Exactly. And that's one of my main mottos too, because it's, you know, if, if you eat an entire pan, pan of brownies one night, for example, uh, I have been there, by the way. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and instead of stressing over it and freaking out about it, we need to be able to take a little bit of a step back and look at things from a little bit more of an analytical point of view. Like, okay, I ate the entire pan of brownies. What else went on that day? How much mm-hmm. sleep did I get the night before? How much water did I drink that day? How much protein did I eat? Did I eat any vegetables or, or you know, fiber and, and stuff that day? And, and uh, more often than not, all of those other things have probably fallen by the wayside and are not kind of at optimal levels. So of course you're going to eat the entire pan of brownies, right? It's fine. We just move on. And then the next time you are about to dive into the entire <laughs> pan, then maybe you just remember that there are other ways that you can handle it. And before you maybe have more than what you would consider to be like an allotted serving, you can kind of go, okay, well, a little mental checklist. How much, you know, have I slept a lot last night? Mm -hmm. I didn't, maybe I need to just go and have a nap or or go to bed or something like that if it's possible. You know, maybe I should drink some water first, see how I feel after that. There are all kinds of little tips and tricks that we can use and just being okay with, with taking that more analytical standpoint as opposed to, being quite quite so emotional about it like if we eat if we overeat 
that doesn't necessarily mean we are an overeater. Mm. We overate. So there was an instance of time where, where that happened. It doesn't mean that that is who we are. Right. We don't have to define ourselves by that. So I think that that's a really important distinction that you've done really, really well uh, at, at picking up on um, after all kinds of, of work that you've done both, both with me and on your own too. I mean, what would you say to someone sort of at the start of their nutrition or, or health journey right now if they aren't really sure where to begin right now? With regards to somebody just starting out, I think um, it's it's important to be willing to question some of like your long held beliefs about fitness and nutrition. Um, kind of like I was talking about earlier and just kind of releasing all that you've heard is the right thing and just, and being open to, um, to changing some things and maybe even going against what you think is right to make some, um, positive changes in your own body. Like just the nutrient, I mean the, um, exercise thing, for example, I was like looking great. And again, I told you I struggled with my weight before and I was looking great, feeling great, you know, like, man, I, I don't want to stop exercising so much because what if I, you know, lose this muscle or whatever, kind of going against some of the things that maybe you've, you've thought for a long time just being willing to question those things and being willing to, um, kind of submit to the process and the journey, like we've been talking about. Um, so that's one, just kind of be able to question your, your own beliefs and, and dig deep and see like what those beliefs are and why you even have them. And, um, maybe journaling. I mean, that was something that I think you encouraged me to do early on was like, write those things down. Like how much sleep did I get? How is, how is that affecting my decisions? Where am I in my menstrual cycle? Am I having stress in my normal daily job or life? Um, and so kind of journaling those things. But honestly, I feel like just working with someone is the best thing you can do, even if it's for just a little bit of time. Because I feel like, like I said earlier, I mean, we, I came into that process of coaching feeling so convinced that I was doing all the right things. And I think it's really important to get some kind of objective viewpoint. Um, I mean, it would be ideal if it was a coach, but if it was like, you know, a spouse or maybe someone in your life, just to kind of look at these things, um, objectively and, and being okay to hear what they have to say about it. And, and, um, but I do think working with a coach is probably the best thing that you can do, honestly. Oh, I love that. No. And it's true because I, I talked to so many women who list their, their number one issue as, you know, I, I, I know what to do, but I don't, I don't know how to be consistent about it or I'm, I needed the accountability or something like that. And the problem is, is that oftentimes with our, our spouses or our friends or anything like that, it, they just aren't objective enough. Yeah. So, right. And then you, you can end up in a really tricky situation where they're trying to encourage you like you asked them to, and then you're getting you know upset with them because it feels like they're not being supportive the other direction. Like if you want right, that's brownies, true. let them have the brownies. Like, <laughs> so that can be really tricky. So it, it's really helpful when you can get somebody who is more objective to really be able to manage that for you. And, and, Sort of take a bird's eye view where they don't have that that level of of bias and and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're not still you know as, as a coach like it, I'm I'm still coaching with love it just means that I might be more likely to point out something that I see as being a red flag for you that somebody closer to you or you yourself might not be able to see um, for your right. own life yeah 
Right. And there's just so much, I mean, I feel like I keep saying this, but like, there's just so much more than food. And I feel like there's really not a whole lot of education out there. I mean, I think things are getting better with the internet and, um, you know, different things like that, but I feel like there's just not a lot of really good balanced information out there. And I think that everybody just has these misconceptions about why these things are happening to their body or why they're maybe not making progress or, um, I don't know, stagnant or having digestive issues or whatever. And there's just so many things that it could possibly be. And I think working with somebody who knows these things and, and is able to kind of like put the pieces of the puzzle together is, is really, really important in just being able to see it yourself. For sure. And like in terms of where you are sort of at right now, I know you just came off the, the whole 30 and stuff as well, but what's sort of your number one struggle right now in regards to either nutrition or just sort of mindset in general? Well, I, <laughs> I think like getting off of the whole third, I'm, I'm just like a very much of a rule based kind of person. So all of this stuff is fairly new to me in my life of just of the guidelines versus the rules kind of thing. And so, um, I think having been having getting or getting off of the whole 30 and now being like, okay, I can actually eat gluten. I can eat rice. I can eat all of these things that I was convinced were causing me like so much digestive distress. So how do I like trust myself kind of around food? And especially my biggest thing is the sugar because I love me. And you were talking about the pan of brownies from, yeah, that's totally me. Like for me, <laughs> I will eat like 35 cookies, but like, um, I, I think just figuring out now I'm at a place where I'm trying to figure out how can I trust myself kind of around food and not dig into, um, a huge pile of cookies just because they're there. Um, and how can I like trust myself in those moments of celebration or whatever, you know, it's the summer. So there's like tons of parties going on, tons of like birthdays and showers and conferences and all kinds of things happening. And so, um, I think I just like, there's this nagging feeling in the back of my mind, like, you're just going to go back to overeating sweets. And, and I really don't want to do that. And I want to be able to trust myself around um, food more. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. Okay. Well, first of all, know that that is in incredibly common. That's something that, I mean, it, you and I've talked about that before too, obviously, but this is something that so, so many people struggle with. And I'm glad that you recognize that it is about uh, self-trust because that's really what the, the base of all of this is, is it's that, it is that little nagging voice in our heads that causes us to distrust ourselves around uh, certain foods. And I mean, do you, do you typically, um, right now, like have any type of treat or, or sugary types of foods in your house? Yes. I've kind of made some, some healthier versions of different things. Like I made some cookies with almond flour and coconut flour recently. So I can feel a little bit better about those. Um, but it's still the, the like, controlling how many I eat because even that, like even the healthier versions are so good and I want to have like a hundred of them instead of just one. So, um, yeah, it's that I'm still kind of dealing with like, how can I just have one and be satisfied with just one? For sure. And I mean, there's so many different factors that come into this, like things that we, we talked on before about, you know, like the sleep and, and water and protein and fiber and all that stuff. But one thing that I think it, I think it's great that you are keeping that stuff in the house to some degree. Um, the other thing is I always want to tell people to some degree, be careful about how far you go down the, uh, this, this is a healthier version of, because mm. it can almost make it feel 
less decadent and therefore you're more entitled to have more of them. Mm, that's that a good point. Yeah. So that's something to, to really be careful of. It, it's a fine line because, um, I, I have fallen into that trap in the past myself. Like I will, you know, make something that doesn't have, you know, the, the, the stereotypical conventional sugars and flowers and, and I I'll mix it up. And then I feel entitled to have a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are better. And you know, why not? The funny thing is, is that in a lot of that type of stuff, um, it's either usually like just as, as calorically dense mm. or it just doesn't quite have that flavor that, you know, that, that, uh, that box of Oreos would. Yeah, that's true. Craving, right. So then if, then you would actually be more likely, it's basically like, I always compare this to someone who, uh, we'll walk into McDonald's and order, um, like a, the extra large version of, of the Big Mac meal combo and then order a diet Coke, but, they're ordering, <laughs> but they're ordering the diet Coke, not just, not because of the, I know some people like seem to prefer the taste. Um, but if they're ordering a diet Coke because it has, they think it has no calories. Like if that's the reasoning, that's a problem. So I always need to like, like put that in perspective for people because it can be very easy to do that. And, and I'm sort of of the belief that if you're going to have a treat and, and indulge it, have it, indulge it, enjoy it and savor it. And then you won't necessarily feel as likely to, you know, need to have like the entire box or something like that. Now that said, there are trigger foods for some people too. Like some people will have particular foods where if they have one, they just really, no matter what they do, no matter what they try, they just really can't, um, seem to, to come to terms with limiting how much they have. So the occasional person, you might run into that, but I'm still of the belief that, that ultimately everyone can usually get to a point of finding that moderation. It's just going to be a matter of taking a, a really close look at the circumstances around those types of things. Like if you were never allowing for example, regular cookies in your house. And when you go to an event or something like that, and they have the regular, like the good cookies, mm -hmm. that's going to feel like this super big indulgence that you don't typically allow yourself. And of course you're going to have a ton of them because you don't keep those at home. So it's like a rebellious teenager. Like you, I always use that example as well, because it's like, you tell them that they, you you're telling yourself that you can't have something. So then when it appears in front of you, it's like the forbidden fruit. You just want to grab it. <laughs> have as many right. as possible. <laughs> it's so true. And I'd never have thought about that, but that's actually true. I feel like having the like paleo version or like the, you know, I don't know, date sweetened version instead of sugar sweetened version also kind of like, I don't know, it's still different. It's really not the same. And I feel like you're totally right. It sort of helps to almost breed that mistrust of yourself um, more because it's like, okay, well maybe I can handle one paleo cookie with almond flour and coconut flour, but I still can't control myself around. It's still like, I have that belief when it comes to like, for me, it's like those Nestle Toll House, like the bacon or what is like the break and bake ones. Oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> and so I like, I can't control myself around those. And I think I need to kind of change that inner dialogue a little bit and stop telling myself that and maybe like put myself around more of them you know, every once in a while, just to have, just to remember that like, okay, I'm in control. I, these cookies are not in control of my life. I can make these decisions and, and like, I can be trusted around food. That's a good idea. I'm glad that you bring that up to you about uh, what you're telling yourself, because that's a huge part of it. I mean, I, I always tell everyone that the biggest part of fixing your nutrition is by changing your mindset. Like it, it really comes down to mindset first and foremost. And that's a great example of that because 
we often will have these stories that we have in our heads, you know, let's say, um, I don't know, I, ice cream cones. Like we've been obsessed with ice cream cones ever, ever since we were a kid. And whenever we have an ice cream cone, you know, we need to have like three of them with, with multiple scoops of ice cream in each one. Like we just can't stop. We want all the ice cream. And when we tell ourselves that over and over again, well, I'm, I'm someone who can't be trusted around ice cream or mm-hmm. I can never stop eating ice cream. Well, of course you can't because you're telling yourself that. Right. So we have to, yeah. So we have to shift that we have to, and, and it doesn't mean that, that you're going to go from that end of the spectrum to the under, uh, to the other end, trying to tell yourself you hate ice cream <laughs> right. to go that far, but it's just, you know, I'm someone who enjoys ice cream. You can change to that. Or in your case, I, I'm someone who enjoys Toll House cookies, <laughs> not someone who I can't be trusted around Toll House cookies. You just enjoy them. You enjoy them as a treat. They're delicious. Uh, Noel, uh, Nestle Toll House cookies are delicious. That's just yeah. factual, right? Like you're just stating mm-hmm. a fact and that's true, but it doesn't have to have the judgment attached to it. So you can remove that judgment, that self judgment that you're internalizing, pull that out of it. And you're left with just a completely factual statement. Ice cream is delicious. Whole house cookies are really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good because it totally does become like a self-fulfilling prophecy too, where like, Oh, that's just who I am. I'm the person who can't control themselves around cookies. So then when there are cookies around, like I have to fulfill, it's like, Oh, our minds are so weird. I don't know why, <laughs> why we do these things. Cause that's what ha- That's like recently what happened. That was another reason why I went on the whole 30 was cause I went on a retreat and you know, we had a bunch of Nestle Toll House cookies around and I have really told myself that like, I'm like a cookie monster. I'm like the crazy person that like can't control themselves around cookies. And then they were around. And since I've kind of told myself that in my mind, then of course I ate a million of them. So that's, that's a good point. Well, that's good. So then I'm going to have some more Nestle Toll House cookies in my life. I'll just <laughs> control myself around them, which I can do. I can do it. Well, and the other thing that I, I always like to point out too, is that we have to put this stuff in perspective. Like I, I had a coach do this for, for me once years ago, before I ever even became a nutritionist. Um, she was a, a fitness coach of mine and she said, okay, let's say you eat perfectly, you know, like let, let's say we're, st- we're going to start with you eat perfectly 365 days of the year, whatever, whatever perfect means. Let's just say like you eat strictly like protein, vegetables and nothing else. <laughs> well, let's call it that. So you eat perfectly 365 days of the year. She's like, let's factor in some holidays that you're maybe going to then not eat perfectly and overindulge and whatever, whatever that's going to look like. So she's like, let's factor in, you know, the main holidays, like let's say, I don't know, six or seven different holidays, like stat holidays. And let's factor in a few birthday parties and and stuff like that. I, I think we factored in a ton of different events, like hypothetical events. And we still were only up to maybe like 24 dates out of the year. And so like out of 365 days, you're maybe going to not eat perfectly in this hypothetical scenario, like 24 days of the year. You're still being consistent for the other, I can't do the math, but however many days are remaining out of the year. So you're still being consistent and consistency is what matters. That is really where the real change is made. If you're overindulging once in a while, once in a blue moon, you know, with with something like uh, Nestle Toll House cookies, First of all, you're just letting yourself relax and and give yourself permission, which already is an improvement because Mm -hmm. when you, when you build a huge amount of stress around overindulging, you're going to make yourself overindulge more. Like Mm -hmm. that's just a natural human response. If if you're going to stress yourself more, what do we, what do a lot of us do when we're stressed? We eat, 
Yeah. And we, we aren't generally reaching for carrots and celery. I wish that's what I stress ate. <laughs> I don't know anyone who stress eats carrots and celery. <laughs> so it, it's, it's just interesting how we have to change our perspective around that because even if we overate, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and like every birthday, every close friend's birthday out of the year, you're still by far and away the majority of the time. If, if you're eating half decently, even 80% of the rest of the time, you're good. That's where, mm-hmm. that's where all the change is made is consistency. It's not about the perfection because mm-hmm. if, if we try and eat perfectly, then when we fall off the wagon, we'll probably really fall off the wagon because right. we will have been so restricted for so long that we can't, we can't handle it. We have to break out of it. Whereas if we just aim for consistency and consistency equaling having you know, treats and stuff in moderation as well, you're not as likely to fall into that trap. So I think that that can be really beneficial to, uh, to learn from and, and, uh, and to benefit from. I hope that people listening can, can use that in their own lives as well. Yeah. And I think like to get to that consistency place, because I think when I first started with you, I was not even in a place to where I could, or I felt like I could be consistent those other 300 and however many days of the year, because I, I like was so, you talk about emotional eating. I mean, that was like, that was the thing that I did and, and still sometimes have to kind of like watch myself with. And I feel like, you know, getting, like you were talking about getting out of the um, emotional kind of part of it and really just looking at, at things in a little more clinical way helps a lot because like, okay, with the Nestle Toll House thing after that retreat, I think I told you this, that after the retreat was over, everyone was going home and me and my husband, it was around um, my birthday and my husband and I were going to go to a restaurant um, that was, you know, we were in the mountains. We live in North Carolina. So it's like beautiful North Carolina mountains. We were going to go to this really nice restaurant that I like for my birthday. And like, I felt so sick from eating so many cookies that we like canceled our reservations. I was like, Aww. I can't, did I tell you that? <laughs> no. That like, oh my gosh. So after I know I'm like, okay, now I have to look at this. I, I, I didn't beat myself up about it, but I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I loved those Nestle Toll House cookies in the moment. But like afterwards, was that like the cost benefit analysis or whatever, like they say, I feel like getting, getting more clinical about that being like, okay, how do they make me feel when I eat like 35 of them? And does it like ruin other aspects of my life? Yes. Okay. So maybe I can be a little more consistent in, in those day-to-day moments. But I mean, again, it's just like the journey of how are you supposed to know that unless you trip up every once in a while and figure it out, you know? Well, exactly. If we never tripped up, we would never know any better. So it, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I'm so happy that we were able to talk through that a little bit. And, and by the way, for anyone listening, Amanda and I didn't even talk about Nestle Toll House cookies before recording. So <laughs> this is like completely off the cuff. <laughs> it's for so somebody funny. out there. Someone out there can relate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Amanda, this has just been an absolute pleasure. I, I can't thank you enough. I'm so grateful for you as a client and as a friend. And I just, I, I know I've already said this, but I just think it's so cool that the way that we were able to connect and meet. And this is just one of uh, the absolute best benefits of, of the online space is that I'm able to, to meet amazing people like you and, and work with you. And uh, I'm just so happy to hear that I have touched your life even in such a, a small, a small little way. <laughs> it's not small. It's a pretty large way. Oh, so thank you for all that you've done. You've helped me so much. And I really appreciate you having me on today. Oh, it has been so much fun. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast, get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.